the scenes with Smashville's favorite team. This is the Preds Official Podcast with Darren McFarland and Kara Hammer. Now on 102.5 and 106.3 The Game and NashvillePredators.com. It is that time for another Predators Official Podcast, and we're excited. Darren McFarland and Kara Hammer here with you. Our very special guest, Kara, sitting in the on-deck circle. Well, he may be standing. I don't know. I've done both with players. Some players like to stand during second period intermission, which is always interesting. Um, But, you know, others like to sit. So I don't know what Luke Evangelista is doing for our interview, but he is going to join us. And we're very excited about that. Of course, the Predators on this long road trip, four time zones that started down in Sunrise, Florida to begin this month against the Panthers, a nice win for them. Then they went to Chicago, probably took in a little deep dish pizza, which I'm a big fan of, Kara. I choose deep dish over thin thin crust. But, you know, my waistline probably tells me, hey, pal, maybe you should stick to thin crust. But I just love the deep dish. They went to Chicago and beat the Blackhawks. Then a very memorable game in Vancouver for Luke Evangelista that we'll get into with him, but a shootout loss to the Canucks. And then last night, at Mullet Arena in Arizona, <laughs> and uh, they fell to the Coyotes 4-1, which was not a good, not a good, I, I thought for half the game, and Roman Yossi even said it after the game, Kara, that it was not their best game, first, especially the first half. Uh, they didn't play very well at all. Um, not much offense last night. They didn't help out UC Sorrells at all, and uh, they fell 4-1 to the Coyotes. By the way, how you doing? I'm doing good, you know, not as good as Luke Evangelista is doing. I'm excited to get a chance to talk to him, Darren. One of my favorite things about broadcasting when I go out for the skate up interview is the front row seat to the hot lap. And <laughs> when Luke came out for his hot lap, I mean, he had the biggest smile on his face. And it's just like, it's so cool. You just see somebody having a dream and it comes to fruition in that moment. 21 years old and playing in the NHL and to have the head of hair that he has, there's so much jealousy running through me right now. He's got a nice flow. He has a nice flow. He really does. I'm a fan of flow. I enjoyed the flow over the years. In fact, I may have had uh, an homage to the arena. They just came from, I may have had a mullet back in the day. I don't I will not confess, nor will I deny that. Kara, we'll just have to leave that for a mystery here on the POP. So I'm a fan of the mullet, but you know, I just think, uh, not of the mullet, of the flow, but I just think back at 21 years of age for me personally, I was such a ding dong. I would have never been ready for this moment. And I just like the way that kid is put together, at least from afar. I'm looking forward to talking to him because um, he just looks like a very likable kid. And a really good hockey player, oh, by the way. And, you know, you wonder in that moment, you, you're you getting called up and you're going against the Pittsburgh Penguins and obviously Sidney Crosby. And we talk all the time on here about welcome to the NHL moment. Do you think it adds more value to it when you know you're taking on one of the greatest hockey players of all time across the ice compared to, you know, maybe if your first game is against something like Arizona or, you know, a team that just really doesn't have that all-star 
player that you grew up watching? Uh, look, I I know that, and I've had these conversations over the years with players, and I know it's a lot of it really is easier said than done. And I know that they're probably going to project the image like, and and, and everybody's going to tell them right in the room, whether it's a, a coach or the coaches or their teammates, like, hey, you know, hey kid, I I know you probably grew up watching this this player or these players don't get, you know, starstruck. Don't get in awe of them because if you do, uh, it'll turn out poorly on the ice <laughs> because they're going to try to embarrass you that you're, you're fresh meat, you're fresh blood, you're a rookie. They know it. And, uh, but it's still easier said than done, right? Because again, going back, thinking to either one of us at 21 years old, and if you were going up against somebody you grew up watching and maybe even idolized or maybe had a poster on the wall or, you know, had a trading card or what have you, and now you're playing against them? How surreal is that? Yeah. And what an interesting time also to come and join the team during the trade deadline. Crazy things are happening. Matias Ekholm, a staple in the organization, and he's traded Edmonton. And, you know, so then there's probably feelings happening right? A lot of emotions running around the building amongst staff and players. Then you're the new guy coming up and, hey, I'm making my NHL debut. No doubt about it. But this kid, if you haven't been paying attention to him before his five games in the NHL with the Preds, he was a second round draft pick by the Preds in the 2020 NHL draft, 42nd pick overall. And Kara, he has been, because we've heard a lot about him, right? Whether when talking to Scott Nickel or anybody, David Poyle, anybody from the organization about his success in the pipeline, but playing for the London Knights in the OHL, if I can spit it out, where he had huge success, right? He was the captain Mm -hmm. um, during his final junior season. Uh, Didn't he have, I think, 55 goals in one season? So this guy has not been afraid to put the puck in the back of the net. And let's be honest. They could use that, right? They could use a guy. And we're going to get into the Pittsburgh game where he, you were there. You got a chance to talk to him. You you felt the vibe in Bridgestone Arena where he became instantly a fan favorite. But not only, you know, doing something like that with Malkin, and we'll get him to walk through that with us. But if he can start scoring and keep scoring like he did in Vancouver, man, this kid is going to take Preds fans by storm. Yeah. It'll be nice to have a a goal scorer come in and light things up. No doubt about it. And, uh, you know, for this this push, this push that's not over, right? I mean, they're not done. They're not out of it. They haven't been eliminated. They're absolutely still squarely in this, you know, wild card push. They can still get in. It's not going to be easy, but they can still get in. So it'll be interesting to see how they finish up this uh, road trip in L.A. and Anaheim in Southern California. Look, the Ducks can be had for sure. L.A. will be tough. By the way, L.A. is, Pete Weber's always told me, the coldest arena, coldest barn on the circuit. Because when I went to Anaheim with the team during that playoff run uh, at the Honda Center, when they were playing them in the Western Conference Final, we were doing the radio show there before every game, Kara, and Four hours sitting there with nobody in the building doing a radio show. I was layered up like the Michelin man. I could not feel my body parts. I couldn't feel my feet. 
I would go into the bathroom during breaks to warm up. Uh, you know what? I've been there. I I was there. Uh, that I worked at News Two at the time, covering the team on the Stanley Cup run, and I was at the at um in Anaheim, and I would agree, Darren, the coldest building I have ever been in. Me too. But Pete Weber says, "Oh no, you go down a little bit further, L.A." The, was then the Staples Center. It's not the Staples Center anymore. But that building, what is it? Crypto Arena. Crypto Arena. Thank you, Patton Cook. Uh, Crypto Arena is the coldest barn. And, and I don't want to experience that because if it's colder than Anaheim, I'm out. I don't want any part of it. <laughs> I think. I know, li- it's, I know it's cold because I lived in Fargo and I covered <laughs> hockey in Fargo, North Dakota. And if I think Anaheim is cold. I mean, this. This is real. Look, folks, if you're listening to this, if Kara Hammer says it's cold, it's cold. Okay. She <laughs> knows cold. Kara, I think our, our guest is uh ready to talk to us. So let's let's catch up with Luke Evangelista. Let's do that. We're excited about this. Um I can't wait to see uh what this journey has been like for him. So let's step away. We'll come back. And we'll catch up and have a nice conversation with Luke Evangelista. That's next here on the Predators Official Podcast. Back here on the Predators Official Podcast, Darren McFarland and Kara Hammer here with you. We told you we would catch up with Luke Evangelista. The Predators have been on the road for four months. Luke was 19 when this road trip started. (laughs) He's now 21, Kara. Um, he's got a full beard. I don't know. People can't see this. This is a podcast, but he's got a full like Santa Claus beard. Uh, I think maybe the whole team looks like that. Luke, thank you so much for joining us. Obviously, I kid, but this is the longest road trip of the year. You guys have been out for a while. Do you even know what city, what time zone, what day it is? I mean, it's definitely been pretty hectic. I kind of I kind of jumped right into the road trip here. I only played one home game and then I ran on the road, but it's been a lot of fun. It's it's an easy way to meet all the boys, so uh, it's been a blast. Yeah, this has got to be a complete whirlwind for you, right? I mean, getting the call up, your first NHL game, like you said, you got to do it in front of the home fans, and then you, you know, you've been out on the road with the boys for a long time, and then you go away for a long time. What, what has this in the short amount of time, which probably feels like forever for you. How has this journey been so far? I mean, it's this last, you know, week or so has been, has been just surreal, like playing, you know, your first NHL game. And then, you know, just the way everything's gone, I'm, you know, playing a lot and, uh, you know, going for a playoff push here and all the boys in the room have been great. So, uh, you know, I really couldn't ask for a better start. It's been, it's been a blast. I'm going to admit on the front end, uh, I know we're just starting this out, so I probably should have said this at the very beginning, but I tried to you know, crack a joke that may have worked, may not have worked. But this is going to feel a lot, Luke, like this is your life. So just hang with us, okay? Because we want to get to know you. People listening, Predators fans want to get to know you. So this is going to feel a little bit like a biography. So just I'm going to tell you that on the front end, if that's okay. All good. Yeah, no worries. So from what we can tell... Um, looks like you've got a big family. There was a, a lot of support for that first game. What was that like? What does your family mean to you? And what was it like to have everybody there for you in your first NHL game? I mean, that, that, that was awesome. You know, 
my family's everything. And um, I always say that it takes, you know, it takes a village to raise a hockey player. So it's not just a solo effort. There's a ton of people that, um, you know, contributed to me finally getting a shot at the NHL here. So for them, for a bunch of them to be able to come and you know, witness my first NHL game, that was, it was really special for me, but really special just for my whole family. So, um, so yeah, I'm really grateful for them. Who first told you from the Predators organization? Take us through, peel back the curtain, take us through how all this went down. Who was your first, who approached you first? That I was getting called up? Yeah, yeah, the whole moment. When it was it, was it, who, who came to you and informed you that you were going up to the Predators? So I was, I was lying in bed. We had a day off, so I got a nice little sleep, and it was about 10 o'clock on our day off, and I was just in bed on my phone, and I got a call from Scott Nickel, uh, the assistant GM for the Preds and uh, Milwaukee's GM. And I, I kind of knew, I, I had a feeling that that's what he was calling on about. So my heart started racing a little bit and I, I picked up the phone and he said, the first thing he said was, well, you're going to like this phone call. And so I knew <laughs> I was going up. So uh, Scooter was the first guy to let me know. Nice. Good job by Scott Nickel. Well done. <laughs> so that's interesting that you said, so you knew, one, you knew that phone call you had him programmed. You knew it was Scott Nickel and... And that was interesting that you you had a feeling this was coming. Why did you feel that way? Um, you know what? During the season, he, he honestly he had only called me to deliver good news. The, the only other call I got from him during the season was him telling me that I was going to the All Star game. So I had a feeling he was going to be delivering some good news. And um, you know, just with with what was going on at the deadline there, there was there were some injuries and there was a lot of trades and stuff. So I knew that. The game before I got called up, the the Preds played with I think ten forwards. It was so I knew I knew you know a couple guys needed to go up. So when I saw a Scooter calling me, I, I just had a feeling that it could be about that. Goodbye, you, Kara. I like him already. He's paying close attention to his surroundings. That's a good sign. Well, it's a good sign, and I think uh, he was a fan favorite from the get go, Darren. Especially with our big Hal Gill, because you look at Luke your first NHL game and you absolutely crush Malkin and you're getting chirped by Sidney Crosby. (laughs) Take us through that moment. Uh, That was, that was like the best NHL or welcome to the NHL moment I could ask for. Um, Gino, Evgeny Malkin was like my favorite player growing up. I used to watch his highlights on YouTube all the time. And, um, but I just remember I, I I told somebody this already, but Barry Trotz came up to me the morning of my debut and he said, he said, you know, Malkin and said they're they're Hall of Famers, but you can't be in awe of them or else they're gonna burn you. Um, so I, I kept that in mind throughout the game that I just had to treat it like they were any other player. And uh, I saw Malkin with his head down there and uh, and got got to get hit on him. And then I went back to the bench and and then Crosby was chirping me. I was like I. I was like, what world am I in right now? It was just, it was, a, it was a lot to take in at once. So, so it was pretty fun. Can you repeat Wait. what Crosby was saying, by the way? Or I know this is a podcast. We can say whatever, but we try not to. This is still a family show. Can you repeat anything Crosby said or no? No, I, I probably shouldn't. I probably shouldn't. <laughs> That's an honest answer. 
What did the guys on the bench say to you on the Preds bench when you got back after that? Because I feel like you were skating around the ice. and We were kind of joking on air that the entire Penguins bench was chasing you around as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, obviously the Penguins bench was, you know, they were all kind of give it to me. But I think I think the guys on the Preds bench were just kind of shocked. I don't think that they thought I had that in me. And I wasn't even sure I had that in me either. So. I think everyone was just kind of kind of enjoying the moment, having a good laugh about it. I want to go back to something that you said when you mentioned about this being a family and a community and all the support it takes. And uh, I know the Preds, we interviewed your mother and she kind of had the same sentiment and she thanked your billet mom. As a hockey player, what's that like when you leave your family and you go live with a billet family that helps you get to this point? Yeah, I mean... I mean that that's a big that's a big step in you know in your life leaving leaving your home at 16 years old that's pretty young so you know um, my my billets in London they were they were awesome they were fantastic and I had them uh, all four years that I was there and um, you know like I said earlier it takes it's not just a solo effort it takes a bunch of people to get a kid to the NHL and they they were a huge part in that too so um, I'm super grateful for them and. Uh, you know, they made my transition to junior hockey really easy. So uh, it, it was it was great to have my bill mom there. I wish I wish my uh, bill dad, my bill bro, could have been there too. But uh, the schedules were kind of jam packed. But um, no, they I give them a lot of credit. They they had a huge part in getting me here. Is there a fear of whether or not you're gonna like this family? Like, are they are they gonna cook what you like to eat? I mean, how much? How is it nerve wracking? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely takes you. It, it takes you like a, a couple of weeks, maybe maybe a month to kind of really really settle in. I mean, um, yeah, like you said, it's just the change in lifestyles. You know, different house, different food, different city, all that stuff. So, uh, you know, fortunately, you know, there are some stories of guys that have you know move move around billet houses, but fortunately for me, um, you know, I, I love my billet my billet family right away. So. Uh, so I was really great, grateful for that. I want to go back to after you hung up with Scott Nickel, then Luke Evangelista, who was your first call to? Uh, immediately my parents, they, they were together. They were, uh, they were with my younger sister driving the soccer tournament. So I knew they were together. And so I, I gave them a ring and, uh, let them know the news. So sis plays soccer. They're going to a soccer tournament. Did they have any idea or, you know, because you just told us you had an idea when Scooter called you. Did they just think, oh, son's checking in. Is this a, do you call your parents daily, by the way? Like what was their re, you know reaction when they answered the phone? Was it just normal or did they think something was up? No, no. My, my dad definitely thought something was up. He, uh, he, he'd been following along too. Like, like I said that, I was, I was kind of noticing that the Preds were shorthanded up front. I think he noticed too. He was noticing too. So um, he was he was pretty giddy when he picked up the phone. I could tell that he knew something was up. And so what did mom and dad say when you said, yep, I'm going to play for the Preds. I'm going to be an yeah, NHLer. What, what, what was their first reaction? There was, just, there was a lot of screaming, a lot of yelling. <laughs> uh, they might have been more excited than me, but... Uh, no, they they were thrilled. They were they were super happy, and uh, we're immediately you know looking at flights to get down to Nashville. How many siblings do you have, Luke? I 
I have two, an older sister and a younger sister. Okay, so you do do have were both soccer players? What sports do they play? Uh, my younger sister is yeah playing soccer, and my older sister uh, played uh, some rugby in high school. Some rugby, okay. And so, take us through your path. Is this the journey you always wanted to take? You know, just kind of give us your upbringing. Was hockey? I know where you you know growing up. Just tell everybody where you grew up and how all this came about for you. Yeah, uh, so I'm from Oakville, Ontario. It's about you know 40 minutes from Toronto, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, basically from as early as I can remember, uh, you know, probably four years old, having a stick in my hand playing road hockey. Um, I I fell in love with it, and I was a huge Leafs fan growing up. So I used to go to Leafs games whenever we could, or watch the Leafs on TV. So you know, I fell in love with it really early and, and I, I knew really early that I wanted to play in the NHL. So, um, so yeah, I had it figured out, I guess. Do you, did you do what every kid does? And, and, you know, it doesn't matter whatever sport they're playing, whether, you know, you're in the backyard shooting hoops, pretending you're going to be a basketball player one day and hitting the game winning shot or throwing the game winning touchdown or, you know, whatever it may be hitting the home run, to win the World Series, every kid has played that out, right, in their backyard or in a setting. Did you did you do that as a kid? You know, winning, oh, yeah. having the winning goal to win the Stanley Cup, or you tell us what did you do? Yeah, that, that's exactly it. You know, <laughs> playing some street hockey and you're pretending you're in you know Game Seven of the Stanley Cup playoffs <laughs> and score that goal. You're practicing your celly down your driveway. Yeah, I did all of that for sure. That's outstanding. You mentioned that. Evgeny Malkin is one of your favorite players. Who do you think you style your game after? Um, I I think I think now for me, uh, guys like uh, you know Robert Thomas or um, or uh, Jordan Everly, Nick Schmall. It's just like those uh, you know skilled righties that um, you know are good playmakers, create a lot of offense, and um, also have that ability to put the puck in the net and. Just, just smart hockey players. Those are those are the kind of guys I like to watch quite a bit and uh, model my game after. So let's go from your first NHL game, which we've talked a lot about. Which, yes, Kara was right. You instantly became a fan favorite uh, mm-hmm. with what you did with Malkin. But now let's fast forward to your first NHL goal, or should I say, goals, which happened in the same in the same game. Let's go to Vancouver. You led the team in shots in that game against the Canucks. You have your first, you have two big goals in the third period, two critical goals. Uh, they got you guys at least a point in that game. Take us through that moment, scoring your first NHL goal. What was that like for you? Yeah. Um, so in, in the games before, you know, I had, a, I had a bunch of, you know, really good chances right and tight that, you know, I, I felt like I probably should have buried. So I, I think I was gripping the stick a little bit too tight and I was a little bit frustrated with myself, but, um, you know, when that, uh, you know, when I buried that first one and, um, it, it was just, it, it got the monkey off the back. It was a huge relief and uh, a huge thrill. And then, you know, to get the second one too, to send it to overtime later on there, I was, I was really happy that I could just have an impact and, you know, help us get that point. Uh, cause you know, those are critical at, the, at this time of the year. So, um, you know, to be able to contribute like that, um, it was really special. And, uh, yeah, those goals were awesome. The second one was a tip, right? Did you know right away that was yours? Yeah. 
I, I didn't even, I honestly didn't even see, like see the shot, uh, go through. I just, I just kind of had my stick out there and fortunately I got a little tip on it and, um, went in the net. So yeah, I, I knew it was mine right away. So what was that feeling like to know that you just celebrated your first NHL goal and it wasn't that long, you know, that much longer that you, you're celebrating your second goal in the NHL? What was that experience like? Yeah, it, it was good. It, it kind of felt like the floodgates had opened a little bit, you know. Like I said, I had a bunch of chances before and they just weren't falling. So to score two uh, two in the same game and I guess in the same period was uh, – it, it was really cool, and um, like I said, it was, I was just happy I could contribute to getting a point. So, what were your teammates like after the game? I they, they were pretty happy that everyone was coming up to me and congratulating me, and um, you know, just kind of telling me I could play play a little bit looser now. So, uh, yeah, no, they've been great. They they were pretty happy for me. You've played in smaller venues, right? Coming up through the pipeline, and just you know, your whole career. Obviously, you get to the NHL, you play in these big, huge barns. Not the case last night in Arizona. Does that feel like that? that's a little bit strange place, right, to play in front of, I don't even know what the capacity of Mullet Arena, Kara. Well, how about that for an arena name, Mullet Arena? But what is it, 4,500, 5,000? What was that atmosphere 5, like? 5,000. Yeah, that, that was pretty cool. I mean, like you said, I played in some similar-sized uh, barns in junior, but – uh, nothing since I've been in the pros, but um, it, it was good. I mean, the atmosphere in there is good. It, the rink setup is really cool. I mean, you know, um, you, you actually have to walk outside to get from the dressing room to the ice surface. So it's, it's, it's a different little experience, but I enjoyed it. It was a cool little barn. I have a, a fan question, Darren, for, for Luca. Susie Gator wants to know, what kind of things are you learning from the current Preds players that you think will help you most in your career and what's been the most surprising thing about NHL life that you've learned since you've been up with this with the team mm, good questions um the most surprising thing about the NHL life is uh <laughs> is all the food uh that's around you I mean like you go on the plane and um you, you go on the plane and there's there's the full menu you can order whatever you want I mean I mean, for a guy like me, I, I love that kind of stuff. So uh, that's kind of been a huge shock for me. And then um, in terms of, you know, what I'm learning from the guys, I mean, we still, you know, the Preds traded some guys at the deadline, but we still have a lot of veterans in the room. So they've been great with me. Um, you know, Duchesne, he's kind of he's helped me out here. We're, um, you know, he's another skilled forward. So he's been in my, he's been in my ear a lot and, uh, we work together on the power play a lot too. So he's been giving me tons of tips and pointers and uh, really helped my game out. So he, he's been helping me out quite a bit. This one made me laugh. So what we do, Luke, is every week we ask, use the hashtag AskPOP, which is Predators official podcast, and tweet at both Kara and uh, me. And we, you know, we, we answer the questions, but when we told everybody you were coming on, uh, we got some really good questions. That was a good question there by Susan. And this comes from at XHockeyFan44. It made me laugh. Maybe it's a maybe it's a dad joke. Maybe I'm going to show my age, Luke, but it made me laugh. So here goes. What should your fan base be called, Luke? Evangelist? Question <laughs> mark. 
it may be corny, <laughs> like but I it made me laugh. So I just, you know, what should your fan base be called? You know, you're gonna you're getting you're you're getting a lot of people behind you rooting for you, and you know, you know, in this sport, nicknames are a big deal. So is that something you need to ponder and think about? Yeah, I guess, but that but that one's pretty good actually. Evangelists, I like that. We we can go with that. We're in the South, right? I I think that's a I like it. Yeah, yeah. Let's Kara, what do sticks. you think? I I'm laughing, but I guess we got a note, Luke. What is your hockey nickname? Uh, my hockey nickname uh, usually is uh, Vange, just to play on my last name. But um, I've also been getting uh, Vinny since I've been in Nashville. Um, because I, I haven't watched it, but there's a show called The Entourage, and apparently I look, I look like a guy named Vinny Chase from that show, so I'm getting Vinny a little bit, too. Oh, nice. So I got to know who gave you this name. <laughs> uh, that one was Duchesne as well. <laughs> All right. We've got another hashtag AskPOP from George uh, directed at you, Luke, and he wants to know your biggest uh, – What is your? do you have any superstitions? Or do you do anything like before game warm ups? Do you have anything that you do routine? You know, hockey players are creatures of habit. So, what are your habits? Yeah, uh, the two the two kind of I guess superstitious things I do is um, I, I always start getting my equipment on at the same time. I give myself exactly ten minutes, and then the other one is once I tape my. Uh, my blade on my stick. Um, I, I don't let uh, the blade touch the ground until I hit the ice. So those are probably the only two that I really do. Wow. So where did you come up with the 10 minute rule? Um, it's, it's honestly, it, it's like a whole timing thing with, you know, playing some pregame soccer and then, uh, and then my pregame uh, workout too. But uh, there's a little bit of trial and error. I tried, I think I tr- I used to try 14, and then I tried eight, and those were too much and too little, but 10's perfect, so that's been sticking lately. Great. Okay, so we're getting close to wrapping this up. I know you've got to go. You're related to Brendan Shanahan, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. What, second cousin? So what? What? what is it like having someone like that in your pipeline, in your, in your family, you know, that you can lean on? Yeah. Yeah, that that's really cool. I mean, um, you know, he'll reach out and, and um, offer some advice or you know, text me good luck and uh, or congratulations, just stuff like that. So, I mean, obviously he's got a hell of a hockey brain, but um, you know, even when I was younger and you know he'd be playing in Toronto, just going to morning skates and experiencing that, uh, you know, kind kind of behind the behind the scenes stuff that you wouldn't really see as a as you know normal fan just being in the room with him. It was it was really cool to experience. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool Hobnam and the family. All right, uh, as we wrap this up, I know I think you've got a, a bus to get to. Um, you said Matt Duchesne is somebody who's been helping you. What What do you think about the room so far, Luke? It, it's awesome. I mean, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate the way that, uh, you know, they've been treating me coming in here. They, and they made me feel really comfortable already. Um, you know, it's, I, I look forward to, to getting to see the boys every day. So, uh, that room is awesome. Well, uh, it was awesome for you to do this. We really appreciate it. It was fun. See, that wasn't bad, right? That, that wasn't bad. 
Oh, that was good. I could do this again. Okay. All right. Kara, we have that on record. Uh, he, right. He's willing to do it again, and we'll take you up on that. Enjoy your time in Southern California. Collect some more points, and we'll see you when you get back home. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. That was a lot of fun. Luke Evangelista. Vange, as they call him, Kara. That was good stuff. That was a lot of fun. I'll tell you what. We'll come back. Talk about some things we heard from Luke, and we'll do that on the other side here on the Predators Official Podcast. Wow. That music doesn't really get us pumped up, Patton, but okay. Back here on the Predators <laughs> Official Podcast, Derek McFarland. What, what, what was that? Kara Hammer. I don't know. I, I, smooth jazz? I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of things I don't know. Oh, right now, Pat Jerry. says you know? it's Drake. Wow, oh, I didn't. Oh, I didn't pick but up. You know, on I that. like Drake. Well, I mean, maybe that was you know, Luke grew up in the basically the Toronto area, right? Like that area is huge. So, you know, Drake isn't he? He's he's a Toronto guy. Is that right? He is a Toronto guy. See, we're hip here on the POP. You know where I don't feel hip, Darren, is we've been. Uh, Posting on the Preds social media about Tyson Berry having Tyson Berry having mother energy, and I'm googling what that means. Yeah. So if you're out there and you know what this means, please tweet me and let me know because I am not hip enough to know what having mother energy means. Yeah, I yeah, I'm the dog right now that's hearing a weird noise and tilting <laughs> his head. Yeah, I don't know either. I feel like it's positive. Like we like it. We like Tyson Berry, but we we don't know what this means. Yeah, if you don't, then I I already knew my answer. If you're googling, I'm in big trouble. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know what that is, but he has had quite an impact. I like I like his play so far. What do you think of Tyson Berry? You know, I think he's great. Obviously, uh, you know, he played for the Colorado Avalanche. He was up in Canada, so been following him around quite a bit. I think he's a much needed added addition. Uh, you know, he was an offensive defenseman. I think that was something that the Preds were missing a little bit. Um, I feel like you're never really going to replace Matias Ekholm and what he was able to do as a blue liner, but bringing Tyson Berry in, like David Poyle said, he's scoring goals and that's what the Preds need right now. So um, positive. I think it's a positive addition. I like the fact that he is, and look, let's just be totally honest because we've talked about it all season here on the POP, Kara. They've needed more offense, period. They certainly have needed more offense from the blue line. That is something they've been lacking. Uh, you know, outside of Roman Yossi, they virtually had nothing from the blue line. So I have to believe he's a welcome addition to the decor, especially when you think about trying to generate some offense. Yeah, definitely. What are your thoughts on this road trip so far? The team is feel like we, we joked about it from the beginning. They've been gone for four years and we were much younger back then, but <laughs> two one and one in the last four games. Obviously the, the game against Arizona, not positive, not what they needed, but hopefully looking for a rebound against LA on Saturday night. Kara, you're a world traveler. You've traveled with the team. I've traveled with the team. You know, we, we've both done it. Let me tell you, four time zones is real, okay? I don't care how you travel. You can travel first class. 
in the coolest private jet ever. If you're hitting four time zones on the same trip, your body is messed up. You're all over the place, right? Yeah. You're waking up every day, just kind of like the commercial. Thank you. What was it? Thank you, Detroit. Detroit was last night. You know, that they, they just, they probably, that's why I joked with Luke because I have to believe on this road trip, they've been waking up. It's the longest road trip of the year. But you think about where they've gone. <laughs> I mean, just Florida Vancouver to Vancouver is crazy, right? Think about that. Mm-hmm. Think about the miles on that one. But, uh, that travel is rare, and I know they went from Florida to Chicago to Vancouver, but I'm just saying if you looked at just alone, Sunrise, Florida to Vancouver, I don't know what the exact miles are, but that is a whole lot of ground to cover. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's real, right? I mean, if you've ever done it, doesn't matter how, again, doesn't matter how you're traveling, because a lot of people, the reason I bring that up is because, People have said, yeah, well, you know, I mean, you're traveling in a private jet. You know, it's a charter jet, so it's not. Well, yeah, I mean, you're not going through, you know, the same lines and security and the same approaches going through an airport. I get it. It's it's a different setup, like boarding the plane. But once the door shut, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I feel like... Um you look at that Arizona, obviously the team would never make excuses. I found it interesting that Tyson Nash, the broadcaster for the Coyotes said being six points out, he thought he would see more of an effort from the Preds. He thought that they would have a little bit more fight in them. And I think that obviously the struggle came from the power play. Special teams is the biggest factor night in and night out. The Preds were lacking in that area, but you're right, Darren. It's got to be exhausting doing this travel and then coming back and finding a way to win. Plus, look at the line changes and how this feels like an entirely new team compared to when they left Bridgestone Arena in that last game. Yeah, you have to pay attention to what John Hines is rolling out there every game because um, it's it's a different look, right? I mean, I know that lines change or players move around. We've certainly talked about that. That's not uncommon in the sport of hockey, we know that, but there's been a lot of shift around. I think obviously when you have people going away uh, and then new additions, and especially young players, um, you're, it's a feeling out process, right? And I, I didn't bring all that up to make excuses because look, you're still in the, everybody has to travel and everybody, ha- you know, you're in a playoff. It's, it's deep into the regular season. You're in a playoff push. You're trying to get that last wild card spot. And so you can't make excuses for it. It wasn't good enough. But believe it or not, as bad as that Coyotes team is, and we all knew what they were doing last offseason, okay? I mean, they were – and what they did at the trade deadline. They're, they're, they've been shedding for a good while. But for whatever reason, Kara, again, that's probably why I brought up the atmosphere at Mullet Arena. And when they have had success this year, it's been at home. They yeah. And they've been playing really good of late – here at home. So it's actually been kind of a tough place to play. They've had good success in the barn. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, the Preds still bit by the injury bug. Philip Forsberg still out. Mark Jankowski, he was listed out. Yusuf Parsonen out. Hopefully down this stretch, you know, some of these guys could start coming back. And Darren, I, I, I feel like they're not out of it. 
I have not given up hope. They are still in this, and I think they still could get into that last wild card spot. Yeah, I think you have to believe that. I mean, look, the, we know L.A. is not going to be easy. The Kings are good. Um, Anaheim is not. That's a place you can certainly go in there with the mindset of we need to come out of here with two points. Now, it's certainly going to get beefier the rest of the month of March, right? I mean, we know that. It's going to, as they say, business is going to pick up, although you're going to come back. and. But, boy, I mean, I know. Let's go there, right? You've heard this before on the POP because it's true coaches dread it uh especially this road trip that first home game right mm-hmm. <laughs> john hines probably won't sleep on monday night the 13th going into that game against detroit but you've got red the red wings and the blackhawks on that tuesday thursday those are certainly winnable games games that you should go into the mindset of two-point games for sure then you'll have a tough winnipeg team on a little matinee hockey on saturday and then you're going to do a little back-to-back. You're going to go to Madison Square Garden on Sunday and take on the Rangers. Uh, you're going to go to Buffalo. You're going to come back home against Seattle for a couple of games. You've got Toronto in there, which will be cool for Luke Evangelista. And uh, Boston-Pittsburgh to close out the month. So it's not for the vein of heart. You know, there's a lot of tough, tough games in there. But by the way, did you see what the Stars did, speaking of Buffalo? Last night, what they no. did? I did not. Uh, they hung a 10 spot on the Sabres. Oh, wow. Yeah. 10, 10 4 last night. So we know it's not going to be easy, um, but, you know, they're just going to have to find ways to keep digging deep and uh, rely on these young. Look, when you know this, Kara, we've all been young at one point in our life, and you're still young. Use that energy, right? Use that youthfulness that you have and look that, you know, this shouldn't be a grind to them and, and guys like Luke that are in the league, you know, taking this all in, they should wake up every day. Like this is the biggest game of their life because they're in the NHL, right? And they're trying to make an impression. Look, once you get a taste of it, you don't want to go back. Like this is where I want to stay. So you got to rely on that too. Maybe getting some production out of these young guys. I've liked, what I've seen so far, but uh, yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. This team isn't out of it. Um, they're absolutely in it still. And if they can still, you know, if they can still keep winning games, I just gave you, you know, I just laid out some of the schedule. There's games in there. That definitely. You can come away with two points for sure. And then you're going to have to sneak away some games, some wins over teams you weren't supposed to beat, but it is the NHL and anybody can win on any given night. And we'll see how it all plays out. I think that goes into a question we received about uh, with the hashtag ask POP is do these young guys energize the veterans and Darren, it kind of makes me go back to that COVID season. And I feel like it was the same thing. You go back, you know, 2020 and that's when they had called up at the time, Tanner, Janot, Matthew, Olivier, Yakov Trin, and these guys were coming up and they were young and they brought the spark and it, got everybody going and the offense started going. And I think you start to feel that a little bit again. Now you add Luke Evangelista to the lineup. He comes in, he nets two goals and in his first game and just, it it is adding that spark. And I do think it drives some of these older players like, okay, these young guys are at it. Let's get behind it too. No doubt. And uh, that question, hashtag ask POP at mid, 
TN DJ was asking if the youth on the team is forcing the vets to take notice and try harder. I, I don't think it it's, you know, having them take notice or try harder, but I do think it's not a bad thing whenever you see the way, you know, just and by the way, it's just a different mentality, right? It's a different energy in a room and uh young guys can provide a spark. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but you know, asking them to to try harder, I don't really know if that's in play, but uh, I understand the question, um, and it could rub off, right? So having these just a new attitude, a new voice, a new a new approach in the room, can that rub off? Absolutely. So we'll see if that does. That was a good question there. By the way, last week's winner. Remember, we're giving away tickets to upcoming games, autographed items. Um, got a little love from Fort Wayne, Indiana, from our question last week. So we've had a couple winners. From Texas, last week, Fort Wayne, Indiana. So keep those questions coming in, and uh, we'll keep at, we'll keep answering them. Here's one that grabbed my attention, Kara, is how about this from Max? Hello from Sweden. Well, hello, Sweden. Huge well, fan of the Preds. I love it. Great show. Keep up the good work. Do you guys think the Preds will try to trade up their first pick in this year's draft to at least a top 10 pick? Of course, we know the draft is in Nashville. I think I've said it here the last couple of weeks, especially last week. If you didn't hear it, I'll say it again. It is just my opinion. Kara, I believe David Poyle in his final NHL draft in the city of Nashville with Barry Trotz and three assistant general managers and all the fans in the building. It's going to be a great atmosphere. I definitely think they're going to try to make a splash. I definitely think they're going to make some noise. Uh, the Preds will be, uh, they'll be talked about a lot during the trade deadline or not trade deadline during the draft. And does that mean possibly trading up with all the draft picks they've collected? Possibly. So I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah. there's so much happening and so much excitement to look forward to. And are you still in shock a little bit about what the Preds did during this trade? I know somebody asked us if we thought Tanner Janot going to Tampa Bay for the haul we received compared to um, Shea Weber for PK Subban, what was the bigger splash? And Darren, I got to say right now, I really feel like it was sending Tanner Janot to Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, I would agree with that. Um, I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, they added five picks to this year's draft. So remember we talked about a 13 picks in this year's draft and 10 of them in the first four rounds. That is, um, if you are looking to move up and answering that question, well, you certainly have the arsenal to do it, right? You still have, I mean, you have the picks to do that. So we'll see what happens. Here's a question from Eric on the hashtag AskPOP. Does the fan base feel the franchise is in good hands with Barry Trotz as GM? And, of course, Barry Trotz, he says, thank you. Well, thank you, Eric, for the question. Of course, Barry Trotz will take over after the draft as the general manager. Look, Barry Trotz is no stranger to this market. Um, He was the head coach here for a very, very long time. Uh, We know his body of work and his body of work elsewhere in Washington with the Islanders. As the head coach, he's got an extensive background in hockey. Um, nobody knows how he's going to be as a general manager, but getting to know Barry over the years, I've known him two-plus decades. I am pro-Barry Trotz. 
He's a great man. He's a great ambassador for this market and for the sport. The man knows hockey through and through. If there's anybody who can be successful in a new role, it's Barry Trotz. That's my opinion. I think how could you not? Barry said he has enough sweat equity already in the franchise. And he mentioned the things he's learned from being a coach and then the things he's learned from other organizations. You know, you mentioned Washington. He wins the Stanley Cup, the way he was able to bring success to the Islanders and take all of that and now bring it back to Nashville. I think the entire city needs to be behind Barry Trotz being the GM. No doubt about it. Uh, Great show. Great podcast. Appreciate Luke Evangelista for joining us. That was a lot of fun catching up with him. Continue to submit those questions. Tweeted us at Kara Hammer at DMAC underscore Nash Sports. Remember, follow us because if you get chosen and you win, you have to be following us so we can uh, direct message you and let you know you've won and you'll get a choice of an autographed item or tickets to an upcoming game. So keep those questions coming in. Tweet at us and use that hashtag, AskPOP. Four, Patton Cook spinning the dials and playing the really cool and hip music. Appreciate that. For Kara Hammer, I'm Darren McFarland. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. We look forward to talking to you next week for the next Predators official podcast.